Blog Talk Radio. It's February 10th, 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Having said that, we here at Working for a Living remain committed to respecting everyone's work-life balance, and we certainly hope that everyone stayed safe, enjoyed the momentous Super Bowl, boring as hell, and in the end, we're proud of your team. On a more somber note, this past week a worker was killed pinned between a truck and a trailer while at work at a Kentucky Toyota plant. Our thoughts and prayers go out to their family, friends, and coworkers. Also, longtime friend of labor and U.S. Congressman retired John Dingell passed away on February 7th. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, especially his wife, Debbie Dingell, friends, and colleagues. May we please observe a moment of silence for these fine people. Announcements. Thank you, everyone. Announcements. Let me bring Jeff on here real quick. I know he's in the wings out there somewhere. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Leroy. How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. we got a, more of a sn- snowstorm coming. It's been... Uh, since our last show, I've purchased 250 pounds of salt and, and had to have the the, the uh, property uh, plowed at least twice. So it's uh, been an interesting time since our last show, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Weather hasn't been good to us lately. Not in the last little bit. We we got down one night minus. I saw minus 16 at 8 o'clock at night, and I'm sure it got to minus 20 here. It's just, and with 30-mile-an-hour winds, it was brutally cold and somewhere near minus 50 uh, wind chill factor. So it's pretty cold around here. So, um, uh, You have the uh, show notes there before you, right? You want to start off with the announcements? Uh, you take the first one, and we'll just alternate if you don't mind. Okay, sure. I've got them. Uh, Announcement number one, tomorrow, February 11th, is White Shirt Day in celebration of the first UAW GM contract. And the white shirt symbolizes that all workers are indeed equal to their managers. Please don't forget to wear your white shirt. Right. Uh, Announcement number two, February is Black History Month and Working for a Living We'll be airing weekly educational segments out of respect for that history, and uh, we we are committed to that. By the way, there are a lot of announcements tonight, so please bear with us. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, Working for a Living Radio Show continues to support Medicare for everyone. Announcement number four, Working for a Living Radio Show continues to support the end of corporations being considered legal citizens. Number five, working for a living intimately opposed 
General Motors' November 26th decision and abolishes them for abolishes them to reverse that ill-conceived decision immediately. Number six, the UAW continues to urge a boycott of Mexican-built Chevy Blazer. We continue to support... Yeah, go ahead, number seven. This is a new one, number seven, so everybody pay close attention to this. Due to the world's cynical economic reality, in the 2015 Detroit 3 contracts, working for a living encourages all Detroit 3 retirees to immediately establish other streams of income significant enough to replace your current pension monies. Uh, this, that one's really report, important to get out to our yes, retirees and to our upcoming retirees. Correct. The stock market is not doing good. And we're tied. We're tied at the hip with our pension fund funding regarding uh, the equity indexes, et cetera. So just know that and uh, begin to establish other streams of income, please. Please. Okay. Uh, Number eight, uh, January 28th, Auto News announced that GM is now the top producer in Mexico. Number nine, January 28th, striking workers in Mexico announced that they have reached a deal winning a 20% wage increase to $9.28 per day and a one-time bonus of $1,685. They they still need to come up a long way to go yet. $9 a day is nothing. Right. They declined... uh, comment for the record as well. We did catch up with one. So uh, that person didn't want to be on the record. So they're happy about it. Uh, Announcement number 10. uh, January 29th, Bloomberg reported that Harley-Davidson profit has been wiped out by the Trump tariffs. Number 11. January 30th, an automated inventory robot was observed taking inventory at the Tucson, Oklahoma Walmart. This is very disconcerting for a lot of people when you see a a post, essentially a post, traversing down the aisle with a great big white light uh, that's, you know, checking these, the, the, codes, the barcodes, and seeing how many are there and then counting them automatically uh, and going down the aisle and getting everything from bottom shelf to top shelf. It's, you know, eight feet tall or something like that. gets everything. Uh, So people know that this is coming, and we need to be getting with our elected representatives and telling them that they need to be serious about uh, making, helping us all to make the transition into the artificial intelligence world, okay? Uh, uh, Announcement 12, January 30, uh, Labor Press reported that the NLRB reversed its rule and that airport van drivers cannot form a union. That's the latest from the 
NLRB that's newly appointed under the current administration. Number 13, January 31st, prominent business owner Matthew Dowd said, no corporation or company should get a tax cut which has any employees on public assistance. If you don't don't pay your employees a living wage, you shouldn't get a tax cut. I I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If he's not paying proper wages, why should we subsidize him as a government, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 14, uh, January 31st, the UAW put out their video featuring GM, we invested in you, it's your turn to invest in us. I guess that's the very best they're capable of. Uh, I, I I like the video, but I think it falls short of what necessary. That's my opinion. Go ahead, Jeff. Yep, I agree. Number 15, January 29th, WKBN of Youngstown shared a 2011 Vince Wade video about GM also known as China Motors. This is on our website and is worth viewing. Uh, we've got to have put our hand out to uh, WKBN. They have a uh, former GM employee who does a uh, radio show on that station every Sunday. So if you get right. a chance, check them out. Yeah. Yep. Right. So. Mo's a good guy. Too, by the way. Yes, yeah. he is. Moa's good guy. He had me on his show, and we've invited him here when he's able to get here. We'll we'll make sure that happens soon. Uh, we're hoping to have some other people on the show soon too. It's, uh, the, the the opportunity presents. People are busy, and this is Sunday, so you know some people just can't make it. But we'll get a cut. There's a couple very interesting people we'd like to have on the show. So um, the 16th. Uh, announcement, February 1st, WXYZ reported that General Motors is expected to cut more white-collar jobs uh, on February 4th. Uh, so that uh, that was a date. I don't think they made that date. I think you'll see that here in a minute. Go ahead, Chuck. 17, February 2nd, the Detroit News reported that Feds have painted a bullseye on ex-UAW leader Norwood Jewell. Quoting Prosecutor Shaw as saying, our case is ongoing and we are still investigating lots of individuals and entities. And I hope they don't miss the LETC entities. Me, me either. I hope I don't miss them either. <laughs> Because we actually have a couple of documents where they, uh, former president and treasurer, uh, uh, received thirty thousand dollars, approximately thirty thousand dollars each, for two years running from LECC in New York, and that's actually on the website from some time ago, and it's public information. I know there's been some people downloaded it lately, so it's interesting. Uh, number eighteen. Uh, And I said we have a lot of these tonight, so we're going to do probably another 10 of these things. But uh, if you're, um, you know, just, you know, you don't have time to catch up on all the information, we try to get it to you here in a a condensed form in the evening, uh, on Sunday evening. So you can 
February 2nd, GM's quarterly report shows most vehicle sales are down dramatically. Most everything made in the United States was down. The, the, the Mexican um, um, manufactured vehicles seem to be up. Uh, one was up substantially. So it wasn't, they, not all vehicle sales were down, but uh, the ones that they haven't been marketing as much uh, are, are down for sure. Good job. 19, February 3rd, Free Press reported that GM has threatened to sue the Unipor Union over their Super Bowl ad. Uh, I, I didn't see the ad. Um, I'm sure it was quite good. No, that's off to uh, Unipor for doing that. Right. I did, I did see the ad. I didn't see it uh, aired anywhere. Um, I didn't see anything that wasn't untrue, but that's just my opinion. So, uh, Number 20, February 4th, WXYZ reported that the Ford, that, that Ford is to lay off 1,000 workers at the Flat Rock plant, thus leaving some 400 temporary workers unprotected. Remember, the term temporary workers extends to workers with several years of uh, uh, employment. Hardly what one can, could consider as temporary. Uh, Jeff, that's your plan. Do you have any more comment on that one? Yeah. The first 57 people who volunteered to leave Flat Rock went to Livonia Transmission last week. So they started last Monday. Um, Flat Rock Flat has been laid off for the last three weeks, and they are returning to work tomorrow to run production, even though they still don't have a very important part. Now here it's steering wheel that they are short of. So. Okay. Um, uh, go ahead with 21, Jeff. 21, Fox Business News reported that GM President Mark Reese said there are more, there, there are 1,000 new jobs to assembly plant, and they are being offered to displaced workers. He also, he was also very clear that there has been no announcement plant closings, just unallocated announcements. Right. Um, semantics, I think, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> uh, 22. Uh, uh, February 5th, the UAW president of 11-12, David Green, that's from Lordstown, was, invite, was the invited guest of Congressman Tim Ryan to watch the State of the Union speech in Washington, D.C. Congrats, brother, for being down there. We saw you, little video there, and uh, looked like you were holding the UAW flag up nice and high. Thank you very much. Number 23. February 6th, GM profit sharing was announced. This can be found on their SEC corporate filings. You should want to know how more. You should want to know more. Right. They're getting quite a bit of uh, pay, uh, profit sharing check. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I didn't want to say the, the amount because there's been a lot of complaints right. about that. And uh, but yeah. it is public company, and this is, you know, it's public information, and they're 
they have to file, you know, such documents with the SEC, I believe. So, um, anyhow, number 24, uh, February 7th, ABC reported that someone stole a cement truck and drove it through the lock gate and ran into several and uh, in, into a number of cars at the Delta plant, Lansing, Michigan, and then returned the truck. Reportedly, the perpetrator is in custody. And when I when I I mean I, this is a very serious matter, but when I read this, I laughed for 45 minutes. I just couldn't stop laughing. Who steals a cement truck? <laughs> I don't know. Only here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 25, February 7th. It was reported that Fiat Chrysler workers are frustrated despite biggest bonus checks to years. I don't blame one. I don't blame them at all. Yeah, right. Uh uh, number 26, we got a couple more now. Then February or 7th, Fox News, uh, Tucker Carlson ripped into Mary Barra, GM CEO, for having no regard for her employees as she, as she humiliated the salary workers when they were released on the uh, February 8th. Uh, or the, I'm sorry, the 7th. Uh, he was just, just really... Uh, I'm amazed that uh, that they would have done what they did to them. Uh, so he he's really really outing her, and that's a Fox News reporter. So um, it's it's interesting because they're taking heat from all sides right now for being uh, who they are. You know. So go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, that's the first time I agreed with Tucker Carlson in decades. <laughs> Okay, number 27, right, 27. February 8th, ABC News announced that Taylor Shoes is preparing for bankruptcy, which could come within weeks. Another company going down. Right, that's sad. February 8th, WXYZ reported GM is offering a $25,000 Reward to help solve the cases of racism at the Toledo, Ohio plant. Pretty serious okay. stuff. Go ahead, yeah, unacceptable. unacceptable. Our last one here is February 10th, UAW International. Gary Jones addresses Volkswagen workers in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yep, today. Uh, and my phone has been ringing off the hook over that. Uh, so we want to thank all of our investigative reporters, both here in the United States and worldwide, for their wonderful research in helping us to get this out. Um, and uh, we really appreciate that because we can't do it all on our own here. Uh, and uh, we want to appreciate all of our thank and appreciate all of our listeners for uh, uh, coming in and, and catching up on the news, so to speak, for a week and this time two weeks. So um, thank you for indulging that. Uh, now we're going to go on to, uh, you, first of all, Jeff, do you have anything else you want to uh, comment on any one of those or anything, you know, that's going on before you get into your own report? I mean, we'll get into email here in a minute, but it's a nice little break to just, if you got any comments, just jump in there, buddy. No, I don't have anything to say. Um, we have a lot of, information to give out. Um, it's just 
all the news that we see lately is negative. Um, yeah. Retirees really need to uh, look out for other ways of making some money here real soon. Yeah, right. Retirees could be in serious uh, straits here before long. So, um, you know, just be careful, folks. Uh, September 30 is our our uh, snapshot, and that's, you know, just uh, not so far away, nine months away now. And so just know that this is something that could change overnight for us. Uh, so just just be aware and uh, be a little little cautious and start building other in, other avenues making money okay all right so email and and uh, messages that we've got um jeff do you want to read the first one sure regarding waiting until contract until regarding waiting until contract until strike we shouldn't waste shouldn't wait that long today Lordstown's allocated idle pose or whatever synonyms you want to use, UAW should file suit in federal court for breach of contract and to hold a strike vote. The state of Ohio should also file for reimbursement of unemployment benefits when we should actually employ. That's from Michigan and name is withheld by request. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, that seems to be semantics, just by way of a little comment here, semantics on it. And, you know, these states give a lot of, uh, and lo- you know, regional and local communities give a lot of, of tax breaks, uh, and they expect to be able to get, you know, the benefit of income tax uh, to re- recapture some of those um, tax breaks that they're giving. So when they, you know, suddenly uh, change the the rule, uh, they seem to have some, and others been suits in the past, so uh, they seem to have some recourse there. Even if it's, you know, on a temporary basis, it seems to be unnecessary. And the unnecessary is the arguable point. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I know everybody's watching it. Uh, that's an opinion of one person. Um, you know, I, I tend to agree with it myself, but uh, it is my opinion as well. So, okay. Um, number two, we had an email. Uh, isn't the UAW supposed to educate the membership, and when the members are sent to classes and seminars, aren't they supposed to report back to the membership using all methods? available to educate the rest of the rank and file, name withheld. Uh, you know, I mean, I was uh, executive board member, top four, uh, for three terms, and I was temporary international staff for the region uh, for a while. And, you know, it's uh, not only encouraged uh, that we educate people and send them different places, Sometimes, you know, I mean, we sent one fella to the uh, Matamoras for the Maquiador, uh Corridor there. And, and uh, you know, it happened to be a brother, and he went down there, uh, and he was uh, demographically suitable to do that. 
so you should learn a little lesson there, uh, Brother Jones, about demographics. Um, I know you make $200,000 and you're the best that we could possibly get at the moment, according to you and the rest of you, uh, but uh, demographics are important. And we sent him down there. And, of course, you know, he went down there and learned a bunch of stuff, right? But he didn't keep it to himself. He came back and he told everybody what was going on. This was, you know, in the, the late 80s that we did that. Early, He went down a couple times in the early 90s for a follow-up. You know, this information can't be withheld. And more importantly, the UAW Constitution, Article 2, Section 4, says to educate our membership in the history of the labor movement and to develop and maintain an intelligent and dignified membership. That means we want people to be intelligent about what's going on, just like we just, you know, did 29 announcements, you know. I mean, a lot of stuff going on, much of it negative, unfortunately, you know. Uh, but, you know, we had a, a, a couple there. I mean, brother went to Washington, D.C. and listened to the State of the Union. That's a big deal, being invited down there, okay. Held the UAW banner up high. Did not uh, disgrace us in any way. You know, it was nice. It presented very, very nice. So uh, we need to send people to different places, educate them on what went on, and to bring that information back and disseminate it. And they do that, you know, by writing uh, something on their local union uh, blog. They do it by uh, standing up at a union meeting and giving a report. I know some people haven't been to a union meeting, uh, maybe not in their whole life. Uh, some go when they need to, and others are critical of everything that's ever done in uh, a union meeting or in the name of education or unionism. And you can have any any part of that spectrum, okay? But we're required to do this. The Constitution demands it, makes it an obligation. Article 2, that's really early in the Constitution, makes it even more important than most other stuff. Okay, so everybody understand that. You got any comments on that one, Jeff? Yeah, so I, when we were out campaigning last spring and last summer, that was the number one issue we kept hearing from our supporters is that we need to educate the membership. Um, too often, our locals send the same people to the same events, and it can stop there. We need to uh, send n new people who have never been there before go up there and get educated and, you know, learn what's going on and where and when. One time I went to Black Lake and I was roomed with a guy that's 39 years and it was the first time he's ever been there. It's kind of sad. Right. But yeah. we, we did hear a lot of that during our campaign last year. Education, right. the membership. Right. Exactly. Number, and number Go ahead. You, you bring up a good point. I mean, Black Lake is a family education center, okay? It's where we educate our members, okay? Now, 
you know, you might not like it, but that's where we do it <laughs> for the most part. We do have other little, you know, things going on, but, you know, the rank and file that are not elected or appointed to, like, you know, find, uh, a uh, benefit rep where they have a benefit rep, you know, conference that they have to go and get educated on the latest and the greatest, or if you're financial secretary treasurer, you have to go to the financial secretary treasurer conference and get educated on the latest and greatest. You come back and you disseminate that information. But also we send people to Black Lake, okay? And that is specialized training, uh, sometimes about what's going on now, something with a forward looking into the future. And that's important that they go get educated, come back, and disseminate that information. And those people that are critical of that are just, you know, uh, betraying the union because that's what we're about, okay? That's what we're about. Okay. Why don't I take three and then you take the last two, Jeff? How's that? All right. Okay. So um, three, wasn't the UAW through the Labor Caucus that it controls by over 50% majority required to support a resolution of inclusion to the Michigan Democratic Party. Name withheld. Okay. Well, uh, let me tell you about what the uh, the Constitution says about such things. Okay. Uh, UAW Constitution preamble. Workers must also participate meaningful, meaningfully in political and legislative action because government impacts importantly on their lives. And on, the, and on their communities. If government is to be the means by which people achieve a humanitarian and equitable society, it must be respons- a responsible. Uh, it, it must be a responsible and accountable government. Okay, that's what the preamble says about it. In other words, we're supposed to participate in the political process in the areas that support workers, by and large. Okay, all right, so that means we're supposed to be out there as an organization and individually supporting workers in the community and in the political process. That's mandated by the preamble, okay? uh, The second point is Article 2, Section 2. To unite in one organization, regardless of religion, race, creed, color, sex, political affiliation, nationality, age, disability, marital status, or sexual orientation, all employees under the jurisdiction of this international union. In other words, we can't discriminate, and we're supposed to uphold anti-discrimination things in, in the community that we participate in, as required by the preamble, okay? So a resolution that is inclusive and democratic and supports democratic, the will of the people, ought to be something that the leaders who are oath-bound when they say they'll uphold the Constitution, especially the president's, who make many decisions, are oath-bound. So to answer the question of the writer, absolutely. The UAW 
the Labor Caucus is the largest organization in the Democratic Party, largest caucus. And the UAW is the largest member of the Labor Caucus. So why this didn't pass and why it was, they did all manner of uh, procedural things that were actually incorrect, by the way, because you're supposed to bring a resolution to convention, county convention, it passed two county conventions. Okay, then it goes to resolutions committee and also the district, uh, congressional district committee at, at, at convention and then to the floor for a final vote. The convention is the highest authority and anything can be brought to the floor of the convention. Anything. Even in our own UAW convention, if it didn't make muster in the resolutions committee, you may stand up in front of the membership and present a resolution and let it stand on or fail on its own merit. So these procedural things that were done by people who were in control really, really, really have to take a look at what they did, you see, because, yeah, I'm the one that wrote it, and people are mad about that it didn't pass and the procedural stuff that was done with it. Okay. Having said that, uh, there's a lot of people mad. I'm going to tell you something, folks. When you don't include everybody and you are elitists, you lose us. Okay? Be real loud and clear there. You lose us. Democratic Party's in trouble right now. There's a lot of people feeling disenfranchised. Yeah, we got to do this and we got to do that. But you're not going to do it disenfranchising people. I'm telling you that now. And for one, I am sick and tired of losing. Since 1992, we haven't controlled both the House and the Senate in the state of Michigan. Because we've had people that didn't know what they're doing as chief operating officers running stuff, and now we've promoted them to be the chair of the party. Pay attention, folks. This isn't a game. And I'm talking to the leadership. Wake the F up. Okay, Jeff. Number four, please. All right, here we go. Number four, I would like to thank Working for a Living for all that they did to attempt to achieve greater inclusion and diversity in the Democratic Party. That name is withheld, just like you said, Leroy. Class one, number five. To everyone, please stop saying you'll never buy a GM again. All you are doing is to get more of us laid off. How about you find GM and make sure that it is one that is built in the great United States. Please name what else. For the record, we have, not, we have never said not to purchase GM. We have called for a boycott of the 
Chevy Blazer that went to Mexico. That's the only thing we've done. Right. We we support the calling of the boycott. We didn't call it. They did. We support it. Exactly. Okay? A little distinction because we're here on fine ground here right now. So we want to make sure that's where we're at with that, Jeff. Thank you. Yep. We support that. Thanks thanks to all our email writers. Yep, go ahead. Finish. You do it up. Finish it up. Thanks to all of our email writers for your questions and comments. Okay. Um, <laughs> we talked about the definition here a minute ago. Jeff, do you want to take this definition? And I'll take the, yeah. the quote. Okay. This week's definition, betrayer, one, to inform upon or deliver it into the hands of an enemy in violation of a trust for our alliance. City investigators betrayed him to the, his bosses as a whistleblower. Number two, to be false or disloyal, to betray a cause, betray one's spouse. That's this week's definition of betrayer. Right. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, this week's quote uh, Starts off, my ambition is to employ still more men and to spread the benefits of this industrial system to the greatest possible number, to help them build up their lives and their homes. To do this, we're putting the greatest share of our profits back in the business. That's Henry Ford, the founder of Ford Motor Company. And this particular quote was used in contrast to what Mary Barra is doing currently, uh, especially when you consider dead peasants insurance uh, that uh, seems to be prevalent in all the corporations of late, especially we did catch Ford uh, <laughs> recently. So that kind of flies in the face of what the founder says when you have a, a CEO with almost a billion-dollar pension, pension fund, way more than the wages they're making. And, of course, they get their stock options as well, because, you know, I'm told Mary Bear is the most, um, uh, the highest single individual st- shareholder of General Motors now, so it's quite interesting, plus her, her, her salary. So, um, uh, so far we're getting along here pretty good. Uh, we got uh, a number of people, which switchboard's pretty much full. I want to thank the people in the switchboard for coming in uh, this evening. Uh, You know, we have some folks that uh, hold us uh, uh, to accuracy in the switchboard tonight, (laughs) and and we haven't gotten any things here that say, uh, hey, you you know, this or that's uh, additional or less or whatever. So thank you for appreciating uh, what we're saying tonight, and uh, thanks for being here in the switchboard with us. And it's a pretty full switchboard, by the way, so we're happy to have you. Thank you very much. Um, Jeff, you want to start off your report with black history? Yeah, we've been doing this the last three years. Um, I've been looking up concerns or facts about black history money. And there's a lot of uh, things that we have been taught over the years that were untrue. We have been forced to understand that the Lone Ranger was a white guy wearing a mask. Um, 
but history has shown us recently that it was actually the black man who was the Lone Ranger. Also, the Sundance Kid, um, famous in the movie um, with, with Robert Redford. The Sundance Kid was an outlaw member of Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch. And he is, he was not white, he was black. And he's pictured with his girlfriend, Etta Pace. That I found out last year. Um, no, we all know the story with uh, Colin Kaepernick, why he doesn't kneel, why he kneels for the national anthem. Um, we can also say the same thing from Jackie Robinson, who was quoted saying, "Stand and sing the anthem. I cannot salute the flag. I know that I'm a black man in a white world. I, I know that I've never had made it. That's from Jackie Robinson. Um, of course, everybody knows his, his life story. Um, let's see what else we got. This year we lost the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, who died this year. Um, she has her name on a street in the city of Detroit, and she died shortly after that appeared. We also lost a real good baseball player who passed away the same evening as Congressman Dingo. Many of you may remember Frank Robinson from the Baltimore Orioles. He, not many people know that when he was in Cleveland in his final years, he was also a player manager at the time. So he was the first black manager in the history of baseball. And there's a picture I found with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar kind of poking fun at Tom Brady and a few of the other ones. He's got one, two, three, four, five. He's got six championship rings. And he's has always fought for civil rights. And then in 1975, Arthur Ashe becomes the first black man. Wimbledon singles tournament. And those of us who are old enough to remember him, he was an excellent tennis player. And let's see. There was a gentleman by the name of Edmund Berger who designed and invented the spark plug in 1839. So that's a bit of history that we don't hear of. That's about all I got for now, Leroy. Um, there's so much. Just please go to our page. I, I update it every year. And you can see what uh, we have posted over the last three years. One uh, welcome to have you take a look at it. Right. That's on our Working for a Living on Facebook. So. Correct. Uh, Answer and check check that out. Um, so, um, least we forget George Washington Carver for all all of his work. Holy cow, the stuff he did! Of course, he's well known. You're talking about mm-hmm. things that are not, not so well known. And then, uh, more recent, as a matter of fact, uh, Friday and Saturday, 
the 1978-79 National Basketball Championship team uh, at MSU had their 40th year reunion. Think about that. And most of those players are African American. There was, I think, two from Detroit uh, that I know of, one I'm pretty good friends with. And, uh, of course, Irvin Magic Johnson was on that team. Think about it. That's 40 years ago. And there's, there's, you know, up and they're pushing 60 and a little over 60, some of them. So, you know, I know they, they had a nice time there as well. So that's a little, little more history uh, for us along those lines. So thank you, Jeff, for that report. Very, very nicely done. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit. Uh, we got about 15 minutes. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Section 7 limits. There's been three discharges reported to me recently regarding, in the past week, regarding people bad-mouthing their company and be discharged. I know there's people who have been previously associated with this radio show that seem to think that Section 7 recovers anything and everything that you can say, and it does not. It does not. Only for the benefit of the members of your union to support your union efforts in getting greater reward for yourself. Okay? And you may not go out and badmouth the products, and you may not go out and badmouth the corporation itself uh, because there is an NLRB ruling that upheld the discharge of someone from, I believe, St. Louis. Uh, and it wasn't a GM employee uh, or a Ford employee or Chrysler either, for that matter. Uh, but they were discharged for bad mouth in their corporation. Okay. And the NLRP ruling upheld their discharge. They did not reverse it because they determined that it was not protected, concerted activity for the benefit, mutual benefit, of the, the uh, union or the membership or the workforce itself. Okay. It was not. So they that discharge stood. And I'm sad to say uh, that uh, while I'm sure they're going to be grieved, uh, there's some language out there that's not favorable for these three people. And they're not from Michigan, and they're not from Ohio. Okay, so I know everybody's mad. Okay. And we're bringing this up for your benefit. We don't want to see anybody get fired or lose their job. Okay? Okay, there's certain things that you can do. Okay? But you can't cross the line and badmouth their product or badmouth them. Okay? And you can be on the edge with some of this stuff, and sometimes we are. same time, at the same time, you must be very, very, very careful how you couch your words 
when you're posting on Facebook or any damn where else, be very, very careful. We don't want to see any more people. Yeah, any more people become discharged over such behavior. Okay? It's difficult to defend you. And that's coming from somebody that's pretty experienced at that. Okay? Defending people. All right. So, Jeff, you got anything on that? No, I don't, Leroy. Thank you. Uh, my phone's been ringing off the hook for a couple of days. Um, it appears that uh, there's a, another organizing effort going on at Volkswagen, and we support that. In my run for president of the UAW, I said that one of the things that I would do is I'd have them organized within 90 days of ascending to leadership. And I meant that. Okay. There are certain things that needed to be done, and one of those was not to include a German-style works council into their neutrality agreement that runs their essentially their contract until they get one. And then it's kind of going to be there, too, because the company and the union are wanting that, there, or at least they did. So a German-style works council, and we've covered this at, at length, uh, is where the, essentially the company... Uh, holds an election for the Works Council. And they, you know, kind of control that pretty well over in Germany itself. And if you just translate German Works Council uh, grievances or German Works Council um, problems, translate that to German and then Google that and you'll get hundreds of thousands of hits that individually they have all of these you know uh, objections to this style because it becomes absolutely autocratic after it gets implemented in other words there's no control in it there's no grievance you file a complaint the German style works council made up of management and you and, and rank and file that become leaders essentially and they adjust your 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 complaint and let's say your complaints you want to have a better ergonomic mat underneath your feet and they say well you don't need a better mat they you know they send it down you're good enough with the mat you got yet still you want to have a better mat. Your only recourse in the German-style works council is through the outside legal structure. When I told the attorneys this, they were salivating. They went over and huddled up. They couldn't wait for this to happen because people will go outside and hire them to fix this. But it takes a lot of money. And are you going to get essential justice by a group of people that are half-management, essentially, 
or salaried at least, at the very least, and controlled by management because, you know, they're salaried, right? So you have to be very careful about allowing that into our system. It is illegal as the law stands now to do that. It would have to have a law change to do it. That's been reported by other people besides me. Um, so, you know, you have to take that out of there. And I made that public. That was something that I was real public about. I'm glad, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So thank you very much for listening. I'm glad you did a good job there. Unfortunately, you didn't get the whole plan that is required to get this done. You see... Um, when you say you're going to get do away with works councils, it sounds a little bit two-faced, disingenuous, a prevarication, and for you 200,000-a-year people, pseudographical. As long as you have a German-style works council representative housed in an office of UAW Local Union 1853, just a couple hours down the road from Chattanooga. What's he laying in wait for? Why is he in the wings? You see, so one of the things I would have done is told that person, thank you for whatever you've been doing here. You're no longer needed or welcome. Um, we'd like to see at any meetings that you might come to that are in a, in a global sense. But for now, you um, here's your plane ticket. We'll even pay for it for you to go home. Thank you very much for whatever you've been doing. Because if you don't do that, and that was part of my plan, then you are disingenuous, two-faced, a prevaricator, or pseudographical. I'm telling you, my phone's been ringing off the hook about this. And people are not stupid, okay, down in the South. I know that all you aristocracy, well, oligarchs, we'll just start calling you oligarchs, like you are, even though you're a union person, you're an oligarch, and you're everything about you, reeks of oligarchy. So the other thing um, that I would have been able to do is to look them in the eye and say that we've cleaned up our union, that I nor any of the executive board members, entities, trusts, et cetera, that any of us control or are beneficiary of do not receive any monies from any LETC, Labor Education Training Corporations as was uncovered in the 2011 and 2012 990 filings that are on display on our website that we've had for many years and didn't start putting this out until you didn't correct it. And we don't know if you've corrected it or not, but you haven't said you did. 
until you can look them in the eye and say, we have a clean union because none of this is going on anymore. And dead peasants insurance can no longer be purchased by your corporation on your retirees. Because any authorization has been rescinded. When you can look them in the eye and tell them that, start to gain legitimacy. Start. Because you never get the prestige unless you have legitimacy. So far, you're not doing too good. All right. Also, as I'm a pretty street savvy, and you've heard this a couple times already tonight, but I would be more democratic, demographic-specific regarding the organizers that I sent to the doors of members. This is considered the deep south for you people of Yankee heritage. Okay. They do things differently there. As we sent a demographically specific and suitable individual to the Machiadoras, if you expect to be successful in your organizing campaign, I would have, if elected president, sent demographically suitable people to the rural areas of Tennessee, where Bubba lives. Okay, and we like Bubba, but Bubba has a different mindset. Okay, and we have to, you know, understand our membership. I know two hundred thousand dollars and a PhD is supposed to give you that, but evidently, street sense is not your strong suit. Because I wouldn't be talking about it if you'd done it, right? Yeah. So. Maybe you should have called before you went back down there. Because I'd have been glad to help you. Because you obviously don't get it. You and any of your advisors don't get it. I want Volkswagen to be organized by the UAW so badly I can taste it. But once again, as we did with the Democratic Party... We put people in charge that don't know what they're doing. We put people in there that couldn't get it done before. The regional director for that area during the last campaign is now our financial secretary, treasurer of the international. We promoted his incompetence. We really do need your leadership. We need good leadership. And you better start getting it together. Clean house with the Works Council. Clean house with our credibility, as discussed here a minute ago. 
and understand marketing, the five P's of marketing are product, price, placement, promotion, and recently added, and maybe not added according to who you may talk to, because it used to be the four P's of marketing, but the fifth P is people, demographics. Get a grip on what you're doing, because you're doing a bad job. You don't think that those people would have responded if you'd have done what I said? They would have. And they still will if you make some small adjustments. Ain't hard. Ain't hard to kick the Germans out of our union. Ain't hard. It's called supplanting the union, by the way. The second they make any ovation, the second that they make any ovation, and I got people watching. All hell is going to come to pay. They got no business in our union. None whatsoever. And that's in the Constitution. Okay? So... Well, that's my report. You got anything on that, Jeff? No, you did a good job, right? Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Um, well, with that said, do you have any closing remarks, my friend? Oh, just everybody be safe. I guess the roles are getting bad here in Detroit. I'm looking on the Internet. But uh, be safe out there driving. I got you right. It's yeah. Be be safe. It's we got another one coming in tonight. First thing in the morning, it'll be bad. Roads will be bad again. So be careful out there, folks. We got, you know, this is supposed to be mostly snow, one to three, and without the ice. But there's still some ice on underneath what what's already out there. So be careful. Uh, having said that, I want to thank all our listeners worldwide. Um, uh, you know, Norway, Denmark. Our friends in Mexico and Canada, all of our listeners in the United States, and uh, certainly our UAW brothers and sisters, and our other affiliated unions, brothers and sisters there, we much appreciate all that. Thank you very much for listening to the show tonight. Have a safe week, and we'll see you next week. Good night, Jeff. Good night, listeners. Good night.